Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Welcome, everybody, to another session of Warriors 24. I'm Rick Barry with my co-host, Cyrus Satches, the surf man himself. And I have to apologize because I still haven't gotten you to talk to Brent about surfing. But I also found out my son Scooter <laughs> surfs. He, he oh, likes to surf as well. Yeah. So. Three-fifths of your, uh, of your prodigy. It's yeah, I'm just trying to think. I don't think Drew does much of that. And John, I certainly don't think does. I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But my son Canyon does. He's, he likes surfing. He went to a surf camp, actually, with, uh, with his mother. Wow. They went to surf camp, yeah. How the, wife, how the wife handle surfing? Uh, she was a little sore afterwards, but she did. Yeah. My wife's a great athlete, so it, it's good. But anyway, here we are. We're almost at the midpoint of the season. A lot of things going on, obviously, in the NBA as usual. And uh, some interesting things to talk about. Um, and, and nice. Here's the one thing, you know, that I'm kind of I'm, – I'm happy, actually, in a way, for, for Damian Lee. We talked about this as, as we started off doing the podcast and getting ready and going into the season, that this is a wonderful opportunity for so many of these Warriors players to be able to show what they're capable of doing and make something of their careers because of all the injuries and what have you. And he's one that has taken advantage of that opportunity. He wasn't getting the chance to start with. It was, it was given to the first round draft pick, right? And so when he finally got his chance, he was ready. And this is the whole thing. You always have to be ready in sports because you don't know when your number is going to be called. He got his number called. He's produced well. He's been rather consistent, which is good. I mean, that's the biggest problem I had. In fact, I was just talking to R.C. Davis, my old producer, one of my producers at KMBR when we, where we all work together. Yeah. And R.C. is having a birthday today, so happy birthday to R.C. But, <laughs> uh, and I was talking to him and saying how tough it's been, you know, him working with the Warriors and having to go through this season. But the biggest, most disconcerting aspect of this season to me thus far has been the lack of consistency on the part of these players getting these opportunities to play. Right. Especially the guys you don't know and you haven't heard a lot about them. And certainly uh, Damien is one of them that you know, started to actually, who took advantage of it, now has a nice new three-year contract. So that's a, that's a good deal. So I'm happy for him. And I guess Chris is coming back to play, but he's been rather inconsistent. Pascal, we talked about everybody's raving about him early, right? Have we heard a lot of talk about him lately? No, that, that's a, it's a good point. We have. That's I what mean, I'm saying. I, this is this is the thing that's so you know it's really is disturbing in a way. Yeah. I mean, here's the, you just want someone that you can count on. As I say, I give me a guy who's going to get me eight to twelve points a game and get me six to ten rebounds or whatever it might be, but he stays and falls within that category. And sometimes he has a really good one, but very often, not very often, does he have a really poor game as opposed to a guy to get you 20 points in one game and get you four in another. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Eric Pascal's stats right now. His December-January numbers have plummeted, and I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if teams have figured him out or if – I know he's I been injured. That, that happens. You just brought yeah. up an excellent point because I remember when I first came in the league with Jerry West, he said, Rick, I got to know Jerry and obviously known him over the years. He said, just be beware. He said, what's going to happen? He said, is the teams are going to see you. You're going to get to do some things. You have to be ready to make an adjustment because they're going to adjust to you. And so you have to be able to take advantage of that. And so mm -hmm. that's why you can't be a one-dimensional or two-dimensional player because they can. that's where you can get shut down. We talk about this all the time when I hear this thing about a lockdown defender. You can't be <laughs> locked down if you have the ability, if you can drive left, drive right, and you can shoot, 
they have to play you honest. Right. But if you can't go left well, they're going to make you go left. And if you're not a good shooter, they're going to back off and not let you go left or right. But if they are, if they are going to let you go anywhere, you're going to force you to where your weakness is. But if you don't have that weakness, you own the defender because he has to play you honest. Right. And then if he does happen to make a mistake and he's, and he's shading one way that he doesn't realize to one side or the other, well, then you beat him going the other way. I mean, there's so many things you can do to a defender. Everything you do offensively is predicated on how the defender comes up against you. Where does he have his feet? How far away from him is, you know, is he? I mean, all of those things come into play, and you really you, you own him. I mean, he is on the defensive. He has to react to what you do. They say, well, make him do what you want him to do. Well, hey, if I could do anything – what are you going to make me do that I don't care about doing? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's, that's my, I, I, I know I harp on that a lot, of, but it, it really is a very, very valid point. Agreed. Yeah, and you okay. should harp on that. I, I don't think it's harped enough. Maybe that's why you need to do so. Cause well, that's why not- coaches need to do it and tell a guy yeah. you don't, you can't have a glaring weakness and be a really great player. You just can't. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, a, a really glaring week. In fact, and, and they don't even take advantage. First of all, I think LeBron James got away with murder in his first years in the league. <laughs> no, seriously, he couldn't uh, shoot. I'm not. I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. He couldn't shoot for a while. I don't think it was. Oh man, it was years. I mean, that's yeah. you know, we talked about this that I brought it up. But he could not shoot. So how in the world do you have LeBron James beat you going to the basket dunking? Yeah, you get eight, six, eight feet off of him. Say, hey, here. What you do is you overplay and you force him out to to the three point past the three point line, and you back off him. And say, hey, go ahead, take as many shots as you want from out there. I know. I've never understood allowing players to penetrate when they were not good shooters. I've never understood that. Horrible defense. Well, you don't play up on a guy if he's not a good shooter. You force him out, get him out of his range, and then you back off. And then you decide, okay, you you, you study him. Okay, if he's really better going right than left, when you back off of him, you back off and you shade his right hand. So if he is going to try to go somewhere and take up the slack because he doesn't want to shoot it, He's going to where the side he doesn't want to go to. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it's it's not very complicated. Basketball is not very complicated, folks. Trust me on that. I mean, it's you only have five guys. It's not eleven guys out in the field at one time trying to do something. Right. You know. So anyway, that's no. You're it's, right. It's it is, and I think that's what makes it such a popular sport. It is not overly complicated. It's not overly complex, but for some reason, simple things just do not translate to certain individuals. They just don't. Even though it's obvious to one person, it, it might not be obvious to another. We see that a lot. It's crazy. Remember the old saying, the old cliche, keep it simple, stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Eric Pascal, that is something we should keep an eye on because you're right. I haven't heard anyone talk about that, but he has regressed his, uh, his scoring. I mean, overall for the year, he's averaging 13.6, which is still solid for a rookie, especially a second-round rookie, but... In December and January, in December, he averaged 9.5. I know he had some sort of like groin. Yeah, but he had 18 in November. But he had 18 in November. Even October, he had 13. And then in January now, he's only averaging barely over 10. That's not good. Yeah, I don't no, know what's going on. Well, it's not, it's not horrible, but the thing is, is to make the big deal about him doing stuff and everything. It's not like he's setting the world on fire. No. But again, it's the inconsistency. So you go, you know, they didn't have many games in October. You know, what is it? So 13, 18, 9. And, and, you know, 11. I mean, so it's, it's relatively consistent. But the thing that bothers me is the thing that everybody made a big deal when he was doing that 18. Well, he hasn't even come close to that. No. 
And, and I don't know if it's if he's lost playing time because he might be a defensive liability. The Warriors have improved defensively. Would you agree with that in the last? Yeah, week? they're not giving up 130 points a game. Right, but they're also <laughs> like they're not 20. But they've given up scoring though in the process. I think in order to improve that defense, they've had to take out some of their scores. And I think Pascal, that might be his flaw right now, is defense. Yeah, but here's the thing, Cyrus. I mean, but there, that's a kind of a double-edged sword. And actually, it's not even a double-edged sword. The bottom line of it is, is that actually your offense should improve if your defense improves. It should. Because your defense should be creating offensive opportunities. And the Warriors do like to get out and run. And that's where the athleticism of these players comes in. So you want to get your players to understand that if you control, you play tough defense, make them take tough shots, control your defensive boards and push the ball, you're going to have more scoring opportunities. Then it's just a matter of being able to have, you have to shoot the ball well. And a lot of these guys, again, they're inconsistency. They don't shoot the ball particularly well. They're not finishing. They're not taking good shots. And, and so you compound the problem. But really, if your defense gets better, your offense should improve. Yeah, to put it in perspective, Rick, uh, between November and December, in December he played four less games, and I'm guessing that's because of those various injuries, but he put up 128 less field goal attempts. I, I don't know if that's curved shutting him down. I don't know if he's not playing as much. His minutes went down substantially as well, which could be because of his defense and or lack thereof. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we got to keep an eye on that. That's a... Uh, well, if you look at for yeah. all the players, I mean, just you can pop up almost all of the players in the Warriors team and see the inconsistency. So... Yeah. We'll see. Well, well, look, no, seriously, but look at Damien Lee. Put, put, put Damien Lee up on the screen yeah. so we could look at that. Sure thing. Damien so. Lee, who I, 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 just, I think Damien has done a nice job doing it. And so he didn't get a chance to play much. So look at his minutes in, the, in, in November, 180. Well, December, he had 304. Uh-huh. I mean, so that's a huge improvement. And then he's already on track to do more than that in January because already now through five games, he's already played 152 minutes. He had a great December, averaging over 15 a game. 15, yeah. So he yeah. got his chance to come in. And even when he was coming over before, he's the one guy that's been relatively consistent. He was eight and then in October. To December, he was 11 almost. Mm -hmm. And then he got some more minutes and opportunity to play more. And in December, and he came up and he gets 15. And he's in January now. He's, he's only played five games, but he's still up around the 12. So he's in that four or five-point range that you like to see. Yeah, I still think Bob Myers made a huge mistake. Or I don't know who's making these final calls. Could be Steve Kerr, could be both. But they made a huge mistake not guaranteeing him last year so we could be in that postseason run. They needed him in that postseason. And I don't know why they didn't offer him a guaranteed contract till now. I guess it took a while for them to be convinced, but... Oh, Damien, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they needed somebody to make some shots for him last year in the playoffs. And played some defense. Yeah. And he's long. He's a nice player. I remember yes. seeing him at Drexel when he was there. I said, he played against my son, Kenya. I got to see him play before he transferred out this last year to go to Louisville. But, right. Uh, nice, you know, nice player. He nice is. Nice player. So yeah, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's on your, uh, on your mind about. Well, I wanted to, and... well, I wanted to add, you mentioned Marquis Chris a moment ago, uh, yeah. coming back. I mean, it, it was, a, it was a lot of people were kind of bummed that he had to be waived so that they could offer Damian Lee the guaranteed contract, but now he's back and, and right now he's on a two way contract, which is what Damian Lee was on. But the plan is apparently in March, um, under these various hard cap rules, the Warriors in March could offer a 15th roster spot. And so they're saving that for Marquise Chris, and they're going to reportedly going to offer him a two-year guaranteed deal. So, so count on Chris and count on Damian Lee being a part of this roster next year yeah. um, when they regroup. And you, which is important. I mean, I'd say yeah. they, the Warriors bench was a vital cog in their success over the, this five-year run that they had, and they need to make sure they get some players who are going to be able to play and maintain that high standard of performance. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I saw this interesting stat. This is from Justin Kubotko. I have no idea who he is, but I saw him on Twitter. He posted this stat and he, he did make a mistake uh, and he did correct himself, but he posted the stat and I was really blown away by this. I was wondering what your, your feelings are, what your feedback is on this, this, these statistics. The most games in a single season since the ABA-NBA merger, the most games with 30 or more points while playing less than 30 minutes in a single season. So think of the number of times a player scores over 30 while playing less than 30. Uh, Giannis this year has done it seven times, which is tied for the record. That's impressive. We're, not, we're, we're only halfway through. And yeah. yeah. yeah no, he's, I mean, I mean he, he's an unguardable guy. I mean, he's so athletic for his size. You know, you can't put a smaller guy, quicker guy on him because he'll take him down and he can abuse him inside and use his size <laughs> on him. I mean, that's the whole thing I always remembered about, I always felt about Dirk Nowitzki, as great a player as he was, why he didn't develop a low post game with his size because they always had to put a smaller guy on him. Well, he'll tell him down and abuse him in the post. Well, what did you think about Rick? Did you see those comments or hear those comments a couple weeks back from uh, Rick Carlisle, his coach, who basically denounced putting players in the post? He just doesn't believe in it. He doesn't think in today's game that posting up is an effective offensive option. I completely disagree with that. And I, that could explain why Dirk never did post, post up. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, is that, is that, is well, that, is that here's mind? the deal. Unless you're great shooters, <laughs> the Warriors are the first team I'd ever seen in all the years I've followed the NBA from being a kid watching the game and, mm -hmm. uh, and a fan and then getting to play and then being a broadcaster. The Warriors are the first team ever that could beat you from the perimeter. And the whole philosophy is take away fast break points take mm -hmm. away second chance points and force the team to have to beat you from the perimeter. Well, that didn't work for the Warriors because they could kill you from the <laughs> perimeter. Okay. But that's the, but that's the, the philosophy. And there aren't that many teams that are that great from the perimeter and it always works inside out is the way to go. I agree. To me, inside the out, you're going to shoot a much higher percentage going in there. You're going to get to the free throw line I mean, you, you, you're just not going to shoot a lot of free throws if you're just taking and jacking up long-distance shots. And so okay. unless you're having a good shooting game, you're going to be in trouble. And so I, I totally disagree with that philosophy. I know. I that's mean, just... I, I'll take a big guy to go inside to be able to play in there. Hey, if you've got a big guy that can move outside, that makes you even more difficult to guard because you can then play the outside game. But if the matchup is such that you have a, a distinct advantage, you could do it. In fact, I tell you, if I was coaching when I was – if the war, when the Warriors, when they had Baron Davis, I would have posted Baron Davis up all day. I'm with you. Baron Davis was a beast in the post. He was. And so and, – and now what happens? Now if you go and you got a double, you have, you have your leading assist guy passing the ball. <laughs> Come on. What, what, that's basketball. That's 101 basketball. For him to say that is a shocker to me. It is. I, I totally agree. I, I always felt like he was a very defensive-minded first coach, and he's got that chip. He got the world championship, so he does have that cachet to come out and make these kind of comments And because and, it makes you wonder, you're like, is he right? I, I don't think he is. I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think he's right at all. But, and, and, and you're also right in that the Warriors are an anomaly, and maybe the Rockets might be the only other team I could think of in recent history that are exceptions to this rule. Just yeah, but they, they haven't won a championship. No, because of the Warriors, right? If the Warriors were not there, they probably would have, right? Maybe. So I, maybe. I maybe, mean, who yeah. knows? Because the thing is, is that, again, you live and die with the three. The Warriors learned that. They lost the championship because they died yeah. with the three-point shot in Game 7 against Cleveland. Yeah, no, that, that breaks my heart. And I, and I still maintain if, if David Lee – David Lee was that X factor. People do not give him enough credit in that first championship. He came through with easy baskets in the post, and he was a great rebounder. And they lacked that in that, in that second run. 
But uh, anyways, yeah, so most, most games with 30 or more points while playing less than 30 minutes in a single season. Giannis with seven. We're only half. Yeah, but is he averaging? But is this averaging less than 30 minutes? No, no. But this is the amount of times. Like, he's been do- – him and the Bucks have been okay, dominating. Okay, so if, you, so if you've gotten 30 points and you played less than 30, 30 minutes or less in any game, this is the number of games. So he's done it seven times Correct. already. Steph Curry had the record at six. Steph might but, even have the record for 40. And <laughs> playing less than, if you did less than 36 minutes playing and getting 40 points, Steph would probably have that record and, in recent and, time. And, and Steph actually has seven. Uh, the, this individual made a mistake. Uh, uh, so Steph also has seven. Then the next person, I thought Clay Thompson would be on this list. I was a little surprised. So the next on the list is Paul Westfall. I'm, I'm too young to remember him as a player. Was he really that good? Well, Paul was a great offensive player. Yeah. He uh, could, you know, right hand, left hand, he could get up and dunk the ball. And uh, yeah, he was, he, Paul was a great offensive player. No question about that. And yeah. And he can score in bunches and, and he probably would have done more, you know, cause he didn't really do much with the three, but I'm sure they would, he would have perfected that had hmm. that been a part of, of the, of the game back in right. those days. But Paul was a great – and Freeman Williams, another great scorer doing stuff. And, of course, we all know the Iceman, George the Gervin, Iceman. Is, uh, is a terrific guy. My thing is, is I played a lot of minutes. So, I mean, it's rare. And I hated when I didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time. I mean, I've said it many times. I said, I hated when we were blowing somebody out because that means I wasn't going to get to play that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So and that's it. So so Giannis and Steph with seven, uh, and then Paul Westfall, Freeman Williams, and George Gervin each had, had scored 30 or more points in less than 30 minutes five times in a year. And I don't know where the, what, where the rest of the list is. But, again, Giannis just having this insane, insanely dominant year. I mean, I, I mean Rick, I mean, I, I, is – does this rank among the greatest single seasons, in your opinion? I mean, is it is it oh, that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's having an amazing season. There's no question about that. I mean, but nobody's going to ever match any season offensively, you know, because of Will Chamberlain. I mean, that's right, that's right. just that's that's not that's in another stratosphere, another universe. 50, <laughs> he averaged fifty. Points 50 points a game a for freaking 82 games for a season. That's insane. That is insane. That's you're never. Going and his career, his, I tell people like, oh, well, then, uh, I said, do you know what? I said, take a guess what Will's rebounding average was for his career. They go, oh, no, about you know, uh, 12, 14. 15? Was it 15? 22.5. That's what he averaged for, for his career? Yeah. And then he had one year where he was just bored and led the league in assists, correct? Yes, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, man. When he was playing with the Lakers yeah, when he got uh, late in his career. It's, just, the, it's, it's crazy. Of the great it, San Diego conquistadors. Will yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was unbelievable. <laughs> hey, you know, one of the things yeah. that we didn't talk about the last time I said yeah. I wanted to talk about Nolan is the – uh ball a yes let's jump into that so uh, do you want to explain to the listeners what that no, is i'll let you do that so ball a so this individual on twitter uh his name is rob perez he goes by worldwide wob and this is he's a perfect example of why nba on nba on twitter is such a huge thing and he's one of the reasons he posts these funny clips all the time and he's very analytical and a great observer so he's been noticing and this has been going on apparently for years now i, I don't think anyone else has noticed until he kind of started pointing this out that at the end of games, if it's not a close game, right, and you want to run that clock out, you know, players do not want that extra turnover on their stat sheet, right? Especially if you're not a star player and, and, and coaches and GMs are looking at those stats and that little inkling of an extra turnover might make a difference in terms of a decision. So what players do a lot now at the end of games, and he, and he calls this ball ocalypse where – NBA players do not want the ball at the end of games. They will refuse to hold on to it. They'll pass it to someone else until that last person, basically like playing hot potato, has to get the turnover. Did, was that going it on be, when you it, it should be a team turnover if they're going to do it. 
That's yeah. it's simply it's simple to rectify that. Just make it a team tumor. But here's the part <laughs> that makes no sense. Okay. okay. Why in the world would you not let because at that time you have your bench players in? Why should they not be afforded the opportunity to go out and play the game on a serious note? So you're saying instead of like run up the score, you're saying that would be okay? Forget running up the score. It's not running up the score. It's giving your bench players a chance to play the game at the highest level possible. And the other team has their bench players in. They should be able to play and attack and play like it's a nothing, nothing game. So you think that's okay? So you're saying the other team should not have the right to be upset that it's poor sportsmanship if the bench exactly. players are adding on? Okay, I hear you. Uh, no, I'm, hear it's you. not fair to the players in the game. That if they're in there in the last two minutes and, it, and it's a blowout game, those players are guys who don't get to play. So yeah. if you're going to give your guy a chance to get on the floor, you want him to go out there and try to execute, run the offense, get some experience playing the game at the highest level. What difference does it make what the score is? Both teams <laughs> should play as hard as they can play for the entire time that they're on the court, regardless of what the score is, and go at it. And who cares what the score is? Go out, run offense, get a chance to see if you can execute doing it. Play team basketball, play tough defense. Why would you do anything other than that? I am with you. And, you know, they don't, in football, they play till the end. You know, in baseball, they play till the end. You know, yeah, you're, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I think they'll, it's, they'll, it's ridiculous. I mean, the yeah. guy, you're screwing the guys that are coming in to get, don't get many minutes at all. And so they come <laughs> in and so you're going to go ahead and just not even play, just stand around and throw the ball back and forth. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things they do in the NBA that are ridiculous. You know, I already talked about it, slapping the guy's hand after free throws. Who the hell started that? I want to find out that. Let's do some research. Find out who that guy is. Uh, that's I funny. think I hate that more than anything else that, that I see. I mean, it's just, it really does. It drives me crazy. And it's, it, uh, oh man, I know oh. I, I, I beat that. I'll beat that one to death. I mean, there you go. No, I just watching it the other day. It's insane. Why would you bother a guy at the free throw line focused in on trying to get you a free point at the free throw line and he makes one or misses one? You got to go up and he's got to worry about slapping somebody's four or five guys, four guys' hands? What the hell? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't I think I think it was just showing love for each other and and it was a morale thing I think. Oh I'm, please. I'm trying to understand the the logic. There's logic no of it. reason behind it whatsoever. And I'll tell you people just don't see things, okay? Yeah. Like the replays especially like what are people looking at when they do it? So I'll even get into another sport. So you see did you see the the, the well the, the Kansas City Chiefs what they did was just unbelievable, you know, oh. being down and how they came back and all those drives. Mahomes was just incredible. But everybody, I watched the replay the next day. They were showing highlights and stuff, and they show Mahomes on the one play when he rolled out to the left. And oh my God, look at the great footwork! You know, the ball was the five, and he threw the little pass into the into their tight end, and they get the touchdown and all. Nobody said a word. Everybody saw the replay. None of the analysts ever talked about it. All the great, some of the other great talking heads. It should have been called back a violation, illegal forward pass. He stepped over the scrimmage line and nobody said a word hmm. go back and find the, I'm I miss that. Yeah, I miss it's that so obvious you can see it where the line was he stepped down his foot came down before that little pass that he flipped to his tight end came out of his hand 
and he was over the line of scrimmage. Hmm. You can't make a forward pass if you go past the line of scrimmage. You're right. Well, it, it, the whole body has to be past it, though. Like, even if like your back leg oh, is no, still no, behind no, it. Oh, no, 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 no. If your foot goes over that line, you have crossed the line. Just like if it's a sideline out of bounds, you touch the line when you're catching a pass. Your toe touches the line. You're out of bounds. Hmm. You touch, you go over, you go, you go and step, he steps a little bit over that line. You have broken the plane. You have violated the rule. And then you call it. No one said anything. Nobody even said a word about it. Maybe they're, they're just all so- raving about the great play that he made. And I said, well, he committed a violation. <laughs> no, I watch these replays all the time because I used to pride myself when I did the analyst work of watching replays. And I just wonder, what are they looking at? I mean, it's right there. It's in plain sight. I mean, you just hmm. go so caught up in all oh, of the great pass he made and everything, but just analyze the entire play. I mean, it's the same situation. Like in football, I don't understand it. It's the same in basketball. A guy's running a sweep around the left end, and the right guard happens to be holding the guy 10 yards away on the right side, and they're going to call the play back. Had no bearing whatsoever on the play. That's Zero. Egregious. That's egregious. Why? If you're an official, I'm not making that. I'm not throwing the flag because the violation had absolutely nothing to do with the outcome of the play. Well, Rick, you know, with plays like that, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that if you're going to corrupt sports, you start with the refs, right? And, and we're talking about gambling here. Like, I, I, I really believe this. I really believe in all sports, you have a lot of officials who are in the pockets of certain individuals that are affiliated with gambling, right? And when I see plays like that, I always guess I, I'm always suspect. Hey, they can call holding almost on every play. Yeah, in exactly. Football. And pass interference. That's why every time you see those suspect plays, that always makes me wonder because those little things could make a huge difference with spreads, total points, the outcome. And they're so minute that most people just don't notice. Yeah. The right? other thing that's crazy, sometimes you watch, you see where a guy goes out of bounds and you see the spot that they get. Oh, that's in, you're right. You're absolutely right. Those it is so arbitrary. It's subjective. Oh, and it's so, sometimes shit. it's so ludicrous how I oh. mean where they put the ball down as opposed to where he actually went out of bounds. Oh, you're right. You're I mean, so anyway, right. so we're getting off track. Because we're talking. Oh, we are, right, but it's okay. Right well, well, first of all, I want to add uh, my beloved Niners and my. I'm I'm going to say they're. Hey, they played. They look good. They look great. Defense yeah. wins championships, Rick. As you beautifully pointed out multiple times, that is your quote. And the deep 49ers easily have the best defense no, remaining. No, but defense wins championships if you have a good offense. <laughs> yeah, and but their offense is but, good too. They are I know you got to have you got to have an offense. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a defense yet win a championship without having a good offense. But, <laughs> but you, you can't what? win. You can't win a championship if you have a great offense and a terrible defense that's true that is true but you know i you know bringing up this gambling thing i i, you know, I always go back to tim donaghy and how he actually got arrested he got caught right and usually when one person's caught that just shows you a lot of others got away with it in your playing days rick did you ever suspect in your mind that certain things were rigged no, but I did think that certain officials might have <laughs> put some bets down. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. Fair enough. Yeah. So, but the NBA, I mean, they hey, they, they did a heck of a job over you know overcoming that because that that's a horrible thing. That was, <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. And especially as a player, and I'll tell you what, I could tell you how effective you could be doing that. Okay. So when I used to run my camps for kids, right, and do it, and you, you try to do a good job and have your coaches there and analyze them and try to put fairly balanced teams together so they can have some decent games, right? But occasionally it doesn't work out that way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a team is struggling in doing it. 
So a lot of times what I would do when I see that, I'd go out and I'd referee one of the games of the team that's not very good. I guarantee you I can help them try to win. Easy. <laughs> without, without anybody noticing anything at all. Right. It's so the- freaking easy. It is so easy to have an impact. Now, they still have to – I can't get them to make shots and doing stuff, but, man, I right. can give them all kinds of opportunities to put points on the board. Yep. <laughs> it's really easy. It really is. Because you can make it. You can make a call almost every time doing yep. things: a, a, a moving screen, a carrying the basketball, the, the, the travel, a uh, reach. an illegal block. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> just so many things that you can do. It really, it's, 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 it it's, is. Uh, I, yeah. If I'm Chris Weber or if I'm Mike Bibby, I'm to this day insanely eggy about those 2000, 2000, whatever year that was, 2002, the Western Conference Finals. I, <laughs> I would be so pissed to this day. Uh, All right, time to take a quick break from the show to make some money. We got a commercial. We got a sponsor, MyBookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season. I'm telling you right now, my San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. The fact that they got home field advantage, to me, clinched it. I think they're even winning the Super Bowl. Niners, baby. And if you want to bet on the Niners... Go to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for bowl games, NBA games, if you're betting on the Warriors, chances are bet on the other team, right? Although they do keep a lot of games close. So the folks over on MyBookie, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So that means if you deposit $2,000, You'll get an extra $1,000 in free money. That's a crazy good deal. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV. That's short for the Believe Podcast Network. Again, BLV is the promo code to activate that offer. Again, the promo code BLV to get that extra cash from MyBookie. And that's MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now back to Warriors 24. Um, change gears real quick. Uh, did you get a chance to watch this feud between Jimmy Butler and Tyler Warren? Yeah, it's, it's so, it's ridiculous. It's so petty. I mean, come on, grow up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and Jimmy play. actually handled it pretty good. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to play. I mean, just play. But you know, I, it's a, I, I guess my, my curiosity is, do you think it's a real feud? Like, do you think these two really, cause it did seem very serious the anger between those two when they almost got in a fight and the foul and all that is it real is this genuine you think oh i think there was some definite animosity between the two guys yeah hmm. some is- there's okay. some issues there but to, to let it carry on it just <laughs> it makes no sense i mean the fine the suspensions you could get the money it could cost you i mean uh, you're an adult grow up i mean what happens there once it's over it's over forget it yeah you do you want to hear the sound uh, after the game of jimmy butler yeah sure i love this guy here we go He's soft. He's soft. He's not. He's not even in my league. Like nowhere near me. Um, and if if I was their coach, I would I would never put him on me ever again. He he's like no. Put somebody else on me because I'm I'm a tad up every time we play. Let's try. <laughs> and, and there was a longer quote. Uh, I couldn't find. They took down the the, the longer interview. I couldn't find it. But yeah. I, 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 I heard the other. I heard the longer yeah. one too and all. But but then again, he just. It's a very simple thing. He said, look. 
the game is over. It happened. Let's just move on. Let it yeah. go. No one's still something. Because here's the deal. When you get a guy like that who's, let's say, overly committed to wanting to guard you and have to play. I had that almost all the time I played because I always had the best defender guarding me. Right. Okay. So, and, and it reminds me, you know, when I say that, I'm going to get into that a little bit about something else we're going to talk about, about the big stories. Everybody's talking about who should make the all-star team or not, and guys are on bad teams. That's the next topic I want to get into. Okay. But for this one here, here, is that you, I mean, basically, it's easier to beat a guy who's overly committed to playing you. And here's why. Because he's going to react to everything. And as an offensive player, all I want you to do, Cyrus, as a defender, I just want to get you to move the wrong way the least little bit. If right. your body gets to go the way I want you to go when I know I want to go the other way, you're toast. I'm, I'm talking mm -hmm. toast. I just <laughs> need to get you to start to lean. Just the least, If I see your body go the least little bit towards where I'm trying to get you to go because I'm going the other way, you're done. Because I'm going to get even with you, and that's all I have to do. I don't have to beat you. If I get even with you, I own you. <laughs> and, that's, and having a guy like that, I used to love these guys because I know I'm going to be able to get them. They're going to react to everything because they're so intent on trying to guard you. They overreact. <laughs> Actually, it's harder sometimes uh, to beat a bad defender because the guy doesn't do anything. It's it really is so much humorous. Sometimes the worst defenders are harder to beat. <laughs> it's just almost too easy, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. And, but that's why you got to be prepared because a lot of times a good defender, you're going to go. I'm going to make a little move that looks like I'm going to my left when I'm actually the moment I get him a move, I'm actually going to be going right. But you have to be prepared. See, most players when they play, is I used to see kids in camp all the time. Look at, did you just think I'm going to fake left and go right? He said, yeah. I said, well, why are you doing that? I said, when you started to go to your left, it should never be a fake. Right. It's a move to beat the player because if he doesn't move, you go. You know, uh, Dennis Rodman back in the night, this is like an interview over 20 years ago, and it's always stuck in my head because back then I was actually playing organizationally. He said the key to good defense is not to look at the ball. Like he said he never looked at the ball. He always looked at the, the, the opposing player's abs. Because no matter what the player does to try to fake you out, you can't, you can't move your abs in a different direction from where you're going to go. Yeah, but the so. difference, that's fine. But that's great because the thing is I'm going to start to move. My abs are going to be moving. But even though it looks like my abs are going that way, I'm actually going to go the other way. Are oh, you and can if do I that. Get him, <laughs> and if I get him, well, I mean, if I'm going to make a fake, my body's going to go. I'm going to start to go that way. But instead of starting, it makes it look like I'm going that way. But I'm actually prepared to go the opposite way based upon getting him to move that way. Right. And if he doesn't, when I first go that way, if he doesn't move, I just explode and go that way. Because gotcha. now I get him. Now I got him again. Well, that's what makes you one of the greatest offensive players. Everyone's well, just one of the greatest players, period. But offensively, especially, you were just, you know, one of the greatest. Um, I do want to add, by the way, uh, so, and Jimmy Butler got fined $35,000 for this incident. And a huge reason why. He got fined 10000 more than Tyler Warren. And the reason why is because after that clip we played and after this incident in the game, he went on social media, found Tyler Warren's Instagram account, and just randomly sent him a public message that said, don't be mad, you can't guard me. We will see what you're about in March. I mean, yes. I love the confidence. I love it, but that's, that's insane. 
Yeah, that's well, today, social media is the whole different world that we it live is. in. There's no question right. about it. So, but let me get back to what I talked about here, because there's a big story, actually, you know, a very, you know, a good writer, Steve Ashburner, was writing about this and talking about all the different players who are having supposedly good seasons. Should they be on all-star teams? Because they're on really bad teams. Okay. Okay. So this is not a point that he ever brought up, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it has great validity. Just think about this. So you're you're a, a Trey Young, right? You're averaging almost 30 points a game. You know, you're third in the league in scoring, but yet your team is nine and thirty-two. Yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. So okay, so they're saying, so what what does that nine and thirty-two have to do with the quality of play of Trey Young? Does Steve understand and realize that in order to score 30 points a game on a bad team, it's more difficult to do it than on a good team? Right, because if you're focus, on a good right? team, yeah. that's right. The entire focus is on you. They know that if they shut Trey, if they not shut him down, but if they make it hard on Trey Young, and make it difficult for him, and he's not, they're not going to, they're hardly going to have a chance to win. And so it really is much more difficult to be able to perform at a high level on a bad team offensively, especially. I'm talking about right. So I, I think that these guys certainly should be taken into consideration and as opposed to maybe some guys making it because they're on a good team and they play okay, but this other guy is throwing up numbers that are insane, whereas the other guy's numbers are there. But, yeah, he's got a, he's got a LeBron James or he's got you know a Steph Curry or he's got a James Harden or somebody else that's on his team. So, come on. I mean, seriously – don't discount these guys. Give them their just due. I mean, so you're so you're saying Trey Young should be in the All Star game for the way he's playing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about um? See, to me, it depends, right? I mean, in the Eastern Conference, yes, I say yes. I'm with you simply because I can't think of 11 other guys or 12 other guys to put in ahead of him, regardless of win loss record, right? If Trey Young is playing in the Western Conference, I don't put him in because to me, he's he's in the same a book as Devin Booker. Sorry to sound so redundant there, but Devin Booker, I mean, dude, the guy threw up, what, over 70 points last year or two years ago, whatever that was. He, he puts up a ton of points. I still don't think he's an all-star yet just because the West is so deep, right? But in the East, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Would you put him in if he was in the Western Conference? Well, it depend on where he was and what he was. He's scoring 29 points a game and playing at that level. I mean, yeah, I'd have to give okay. him some serious consideration. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's, it's, hey, I'm telling you, it's not easy to do that. No, it's not. So you just have to look at all the numbers and stuff. The team record should not have a bearing on whether or not he's deserving of being on the All-Star team. But at least, here, at least I give the NBA credit because it used to be back when I years ago, back in the Stone Ages when I played, it's that <laughs> they used to have that used to have a player from every team. Well, that's to say, I mean, you know, not every not every team necessarily had an All-Star player. Wait a second. The NBA used to have the Major yeah. League Baseball rule where one player from every team on a tw on a twelve-man roster that was the rule. That's cr that is that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, they that's I mean and I think it's nuts. I think now it should be whether you're deserving and if he's yes. not deserving, but then don't discount him because the team has a bad record. I mean the same way. I mean another guy that he brings up in his in his article and I think it's a very interesting uh interesting observation that he made here is Andre Drummond, right? Yes. I mean, he's had 15.7 rebounds a game. I don't care who you're playing against. I mean, 15.7, you look back over the leading rebounder guy in the NBA over the last 20 years, and you're not going to find too many 15.7s. <laughs> right. And, and, and almost five offensive rebounds a game. I mean, that's, that's, that's impressive. 
And here's another one. He said he became only the eighth player in history to amass 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in six or more consecutive seasons. And of the, other, of the seven others, six who are eligible for the Hall of Fame all are in the Hall of Fame. And you're going to tell me this guy's not deserving of being an all-star? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all the eligible guards in the Eastern Conference right now. I don't think there's any doubt Trey Young gets in, but it's just because there aren't that many good options, right? I mean, who do you vote in besides Trey Young? Kyrie Irving, maybe, but he's also missed two-thirds of the season so far. Right. Bradley Beal's another one in the same boat. His team is garbage. Yeah, but well, Zach Levine's another guy. Another guy, yeah. And so, I mean, you can make the case that the stars in the East just play on horrible teams, at least the guards. Kemba Walker's the only name, maybe, maybe Kyle Lowry, too. Uh, those, those are the only two names I could think of on, on decent teams. It is interesting. Yeah, exactly. There, there's, a, there's a dearth of talent in the backcourt of the Eastern Conference is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, well, so anyway, <laughs> I, I, that's just the thing. Cause I, I, I thought it was very interesting. The article, I think he did a nice job explaining what it was. But I'm saying okay. don't get caught up on this on, because of, this, of the record of the team. I mean, one guy doesn't make – team win all their games i mean you just don't i mean if you don't have teammates who are helping you you're not going to have a great record and and it's hard to be that high that good of a performer i mean you know and if he's having 29 but he's taking 35 shots a game that's a different thing you say okay well that sucks i mean he doesn't deserve being all-star i mean i pull up trey stats real quick let's take yeah, a quick look at that uh trey young right yeah. here is pull at, up I mean, trey stats all right so let's let's get him up and take a look and see what he's doing and what he's averaging as far as all the other statistics and stuff are concerned so he's, so he's averaging where's where's the shot the top has all his, his his season totals i don't know if you can see where i'm highlighting yeah yeah uh yeah so, so field goes field, yeah so field goes attempted so he's yeah he takes 112 so what's his shooting percentage i don't see where it is that doesn't have a shooting percentage just pull up his actual uh, well no, 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 his field goal percentage is 44.2 Okay, so forty-four point two is is you know that's two-point shooting. Okay, that's not that's not great. It's not it's not horrible. Okay, here it is. Let me see up at the top. Go up to the top so I can see it. There it is. Forty-four. I mean, twenty points per game. No, it doesn't. Yeah, forty-four-two. And what's he shooting from threes? Where's his three-point uh, shooting? I gotta let me find that. I gotta... Yeah. So the thing is, you just you still want to look at the stats. So if he's doing a reasonable job statistically with that, then you can't say just because the team is losing that he shouldn't be there if he's playing at a high level and performing at a high level, I mean, then give him a chance. I mean, yeah. he should be there. 36.9%. Okay, 37%. That's, that's, yeah. that's good three-point shooting. Yeah. I mean, it, I say to me, a really great three-point shooter is shooting 40. That's great. But, you no, know, because 33 is equivalent to 50. So he's shooting almost at 37. So that's yeah. good. That's, you know, that's like shooting up in the mid-50s. It's not as high as you, it's not as high as you would expect from him. I mean, the guy was very brash comparing himself to Stephen Curry coming into the league. But right, no, that's not solid. a great. He's a he's a very good. He's a very, he's a good three point shooter. He's not a great three point shooter. Yeah, but he's a great player so far. Yeah, and he's shooting eighty five percent from the free throw line, which is better than he shot last year, which is good. And uh, but let me I mean, see that, the percentage. I mean, that's what, yeah, and, and his percentage has gone up. Last year he only shot thirty two point four, and now he's yeah. shooting thirty seven percent. So those are good things, you know. I mean, that's, right. that's good stuff. And and the other, and this is what I always look at in a player. Last year he shot forty-one point eight from the field. He's up to forty-four point two. So he's gotten better. He's gotten better, and that's what you want. You want a player getting better, especially when you like it. Look in college, of course, in college now you only get one year sometimes to look at them. But yeah, is to look and see, especially when you get the guys that stay in. You want a guy getting better. Mm -hmm. 
You want improvement. Yeah, you want progress. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And with exactly him, you're getting right. it so far. That's a, that's a good sign if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan or a Trey Young fan. Yeah. Uh, staying with hey, the- how about Zion coming back pretty I quick know. next weekend? That should be interesting. That should be interesting. What do you, what do you, you think he's going to light it up? Well, he did pretty darn good in, uh, you know, in the preseason before he, before he went down. It's going to be fun yeah. to watch and see how he progresses. Uh, you know, obviously one of those players who's fun to watch. <laughs> and you, you know, and he's, he does some amazing things. But when you're that big and you jump that high and doing it, you are going to be, you know, you subject yourself to possibly more injuries than normal. But he's pretty darn, uh, pretty darn nice player. He is. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, the, the, the quality about him that that impresses me the most is, is watchability. I mean, he, the whole league is interested. They want to see what this kid's going to do. Um, right. So that that's a that's a variable right there. That's that's yeah. So it's, it's a plus for the NBA. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about Manscaped. It's 2020, and you know what that means. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's a new me. New balls, men. Listen up. Harry bushes are so 2019. If you're going to pick any New Year resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. And the folks over at Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. Now, obviously, men, if you groom yourselves, if you make yourselves presentable to your partner, you know that sometimes trimming down there can be a little sketchy. Well, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That is dirty. That is smelly. Don't do that. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. That is our podcast network. Go to manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 20% off plus free shipping on your order. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. And again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use BELIEVE. Uh, Do you want to drop some truth bombs? Do you have something for us this week? NBT squared? Uh, Well... Well, that's I actually mine would have been actually talking about the thing. The truth of it is, is that the truth is, is that the team record. That's my truth thing right there. So let's let's give it. Let me hear from Jack. So we get because I always like to hear from Jack. Of course. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Can't handle it, Rick. Can't. Yeah, the people can't handle it. Bottom line is, is that the truth (laughs) is, is that in the same way it goes back to the the record of a team should not determine whether or not a player is eligible to go into the all-star game. It should be his performance because at all-star, it's about the player, not the team. It's about the player playing at a level that qualifies him to be an all-star. That's the truth. Take the other stuff out of the equation because it even falls into the same thing when players get these rankings that I've seen, you know, where you get ranked, blah, blah, blah. And they give them all these points for being on a championship team. What the hell is that? (laughs) What does that have to do with this guy's skill and talent? Yeah. That he's lucky enough to have had played for a team that had a good general, a great general manager who picked other great players to give him great teammates so that he could be on a championship team. 
And so he gets more rating, he gets more points and credit for rating him as an overall player. What does that have to do with his him? Would you say that same argument applies for the MVP award? The MVP award, first of all, there should be two awards. I've just gone over that. Most valuable player, most uh-huh. outstanding player. Interesting. And they're not always the same. Well, no. Especially I- in an all-star game. M-O-P. Most valuable player is not always the most outstanding player. Hmm. I could tell you a perfect example. In 1967, when I was fortunate enough to be awarded the most valuable player of the All-Star game in San Francisco at the Cow Palace and the only game in the All-Star history where one of the coaches got thrown out right on the back. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, he got thrown out. For uh, what? Arguing with the officials <laughs> and stuff. So. So he gets thrown out, and, and probably amazing. one of some of the greatest, a mass of some of the greatest players, all you know, top fifty guys, was just amazing. I mean, I have a picture; it's in black and white. I think there's seven people in the picture, and all seven are top fifty players. That's pretty amazing. But so Nate Thurman was our most valuable player. Uh, I would have gotten the most outstanding player because I scored thirty eight points in that game. But without Nate Thurman trying to uh, negate, how's this for a front line? You got to go up against as a center. Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Jerry Lucas. Oh. Yeah. And and then and, and Nate Thurman was there. And Nate oh. to me did played a great game and did it. I think he was our most valuable player for how he was able to go ahead and offset those guys and kind of neutralize things some. And obviously we had other great players, but I just think of the guys that were on that team, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Hal Greer, all top fifty players. Chet Walker. Bad. I mean, it was just <laughs> It, it was it was kind of mind numbing in a way. Yeah, Dave DeBusher. I mean, mm. it just it it was it was astonishing. It really truly was. But Nate would have been the most valuable player, and I would have get maybe most outstanding player. I think in one another All Star game I played in, I think I would have could have gotten most outstanding player, even though I was on the losing team. I had an unbelievable game in Phoenix, and Clyde Frazier got it, and he could have got the MVP. And, and it's the same situation. I mean, I just don't understand. You know, and we've talked about it before. I mean, the NBA, I mean, what the one MVP when a season, a team that they don't play a, a balanced schedule? How do you do that? <laughs> How do you get an MVP when you have two conferences and you don't play the same schedule? And one conference is vastly inferior. Thank you. I mean, how do you do that? How could you yeah. possibly justify doing that? And it makes no sense from a marketing standpoint because now you got another sponsor who's going to pay a bunch of money and you're over to honor two guys. And that's the way it should be. And then the most valuable player is the most valuable player in the championship series. But you have to, for the regular season, you have an MVP in each conference and the story. And there's no way I'll go to my grave fighting that. And they don't listen to me and they haven't <laughs> listened to it decades. <laughs> they should. By the way, you know, uh, speaking of NBT squared and Jack Nicholson, uh, did you know he's only been to three Laker games in the last year? I, 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 was, I, I saw this story randomly. I, I haven't noticed him on that sideline for a while. And then apparently during the Knicks, I think it was the Knicks game a few weeks back of all the teams to visit LA, by the way, he goes to a Knicks game, but he was there with his son and it was only the third time. It's crazy. I don't know. Really? I, I, yeah. He's, he's, I think he's, he's really getting to this retirement thing. He's 82 now. He's done acting. Uh, he doesn't go to games much and you would think he would this year, but um, yeah. Because yeah, they got an exciting team. I mean, they're getting. Yeah. They, I think tonight they go for their tenth tenth win in a row, and they're done. Won a bunch of games now without Davis playing. Yeah, that is. Uh, you know, they're becoming a very, very you know formidable basketball team. Yeah, they're doing I, a lot of nice. They're doing a lot of nice things. Learning how to play together. Uh, 
pulling together. Yeah. So that's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but the team that just always astonishes me when I look and see how some, how, how did the Rockets lose to some of the teams they lose to? I don't know. That's a weird team. That is just a funky team. They're they're like Jekyll and Hyde. They should blow that thing up at this point. I mean, I mean, look, they're gonna they're gonna make their run this postseason, and and they've been missing Eric Gordon for a while. I think that's been playing a huge part in this. But blow it up if you don't win the title this year, blow it up. I, I don't get the point. I really don't. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with uh, you know with the clips and and all the stuff going on there, talking about the the attitude and stuff, what's going on in the locker yeah. room and all that other stuff. I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt them or not. I, we'll see. It is weird. I mean, the, the Clippers carry themselves like a team that won the championship for two years in a row. And they're just like going through the regular season doldrums, but they didn't win the championship last year. Kawhi did, but the rest of those players need to be playing with some urgency. I don't, I don't see that. It's like they're coasting right now. I feel like the only time they wake up is when they play the Lakers. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, how about Clay Thompson saying that he wants to play this season? I know. Please don't. Don't, please don't. don't. In fact, Steph, please don't. Take a rest, please. guys. You guys had an incredible run of five yes. years. You played a lot of games. You played preseason. You played regular season. You had a all the way to the finals playing a lot, a lot of games. You played some of you guys played, you know, in the Olympic competitions and other things. Just rest your body. Yeah. I mean, why do you want to go out there and do anything now? I mean, just get well. I mean, come on, this, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like you're not getting paid. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I mean, I, I mean, I, I could see Steph coming back for a few games at the end, just to, you know, just to shake the rust off, but yeah, what's the point? Why? What's the point? Why? Because you're going to then have all that time off before you go into summer anyway. Why? I don't I even say sit Draymond for the rest of the year. Just, just let I mean, those why? group. I just cannot wait. I want this blockbuster trade to happen now. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting antsy waiting for this trade. Oh, where you, what, which one you're waiting for? Pull the trigger. I don't have on that which, sound effect. Uh, on which one? Oh, you mean who, who to get? I still think my prediction is uh, Andrew Wiggins will be a warrior. That is my prediction. I, I think I, the pieces... I, I, I don't know how happy I am with that one. Oh, well, that, well, that's a whole other discussion. I'm just telling you what I think yeah, We talked is about happen. it last, last week, I think. I mean, Ben Simmons, I think you and I agree, would be the best option. Uh, I think, well, I think be he a, would be a good option for them. Yeah. I, I, but even then, even then... Even then, he needs to go work on his three-point shooting. He needs to get my son's scooter and get him on the shooting <laughs> sleeve and get him to learn how to shoot the ball. Because if he – I mean, if he ever – just think about it. If he got himself to be just even a 35% three-point shooter. Mm. Do you think the Sixers would trade Embiid instead of Simmons? Because that's what I've been hearing. I, I'm hearing reports that the Sixers don't want to give Simmons up. They think he actually has more value given his skill set than Joel Embiid. Would you trade yeah. – Joel and I well I would not give up him you know I would not give him up I would yeah. not definitely give give him up I mean he he is he's he's a very unique player mm-hmm. and who can get better and and improve in the areas that he's a little bit deficient in right mm-hmm. now but I mean I mean really get a guy that size he does the kind of things that Simmons you know he, I mean Simmons is a hell of a player and and he's got a big he still has a big upside a tremendous upside, yeah. So, and and look, the trade deadline's coming up in a few weeks. I'm sure we'll get into this more, but I do hope they pull that trigger sooner than later. Um, do you want to go on the shot clock before you wrap things up? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's see how I can handle the shot clock and see if I don't get a <laughs> get get a 24 second violation. All right, here in 24 seconds, Rick, answer this question: Who has been the biggest disappointment individually in the NBA this season, and why? Well, that's that, that's not answering a quick question. That's having to evaluate the entire freaking league, and, and and I'm supposed to come up with an answer in 24 seconds. Yeah, why not? No, there's no way I could be able to freaking do that. I mean, so 
I, 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 that's too hard. Okay, okay, so I don't know. Kyrie Irving. Okay. Here we go. Beautiful. That was that wasn't difficult. Well, I just said that so I didn't get a twenty-four second clock violation. But I mean, Kyrie is still played at times at a high level. I mean, he had some unbelievable games. I mean, he came back after he was out. Nobody go ten for eleven or some yeah, stupid. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's that's kind of insane. No, uh, he, but he, he really, I, I'm and anybody that gets back or listens here and says and goes ahead and gets back and pop, I'm not Kyrie. I just threw it out there. Your name just popped into my head. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I do think that you made the mistake of leaving LeBron, but that's your problem. And then you had to deal with the, with the deal in, in Boston and that didn't work out too well. So I, we'll see how it works out for you. I hope it works out well for you to get a chance. Yeah. You'll get the shape plate with, you know, your buddy next year. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays itself out. I wish you well. I certainly will root against you every time you play the Warriors, of course, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. And but what do you he, think? About- he's, he's a heck of a player. I mean, he really he truly is. is he really player, is. So I'm, I'm not going to, he's the biggest disappointment. So uh, well, just put, I mean- me, put me on the spot there with that. That's not a fair question. Four <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I mean, well, out I of mean, the out of the blue, I'm supposed to all of a sudden think about the entire ro- the entire NBA roster and, and players and figure out one player who has been sticking in my mind who's a big disappointment. There's so many disappointments out there. I mean, you can you know every team has a disappointment. I'm sure that you could pick on. I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I, gotta, I could pick a team. I can you know the, the Trailblazers. But hey, yes. one last thing before we go, I got to say, yeah, my my my. Uh, my, the one one thing I'm happened is that uh, the, the Utah Jazz all of a sudden Quinn has done a great job. I oh. really like Quinn. I've known since he was a high school, since he was a young kid. I lived in Mercer Island. He went to uh, play basketball there. Knew his family. Uh, they're playing really well. They got the big game, the winning streak going on, and they're starting to really play at a high level. And well, you uh, know what the you yeah. know what the difference is. I mean, they they made that trade. They got Jordan Clarkson. I believe they're ever since they acquired him, they're eleven and zero. That's uh, I I don't think it's a coincidence. I I, I think they got that one piece they needed. Um, yeah, they What's look good. What's Clarkson's stats right now? I, didn't oh, I don't know. I gotta I gotta pull that up. Uh, let's let's go. I can find that real quick. But yeah, so far and and, and again, I don't I don't think um, oh my god, I'm brain farting on the the point guard they got from Memphis, uh, uh the big free agent acquisition. Do you know what I'm talking? Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Uh, yeah. I, I, Mike Conley. I think has been out. Um, I didn't know, by the way, you know, speaking of Mike Conley, I know we're, I'm going off on a random, ta- uh, random side note here. My, I didn't know Mike Conley. Shut up. I didn't know Mike Conley, uh, dad is this former Olympian who was involved in slam dunk competitions, celebrity slam, slam dunk competitions. This random video came out of nowhere. The show, they had a slam dunk competition as part of the all-star weekend. This is like the early nineties, I think early mid nineties. And so they had like Deion Sanders. He had athletes from other sports dunking, like doing a dunk competition, and they were owning it. Uh, Mike Conley's dad was a good foot behind the free throw line and easily cleared it, and he won the event. I I had no idea Mike Conley came from like this, similar to your son's, this lineage of of great athleticism. Um, Anyway, so the Utah Jazz right now, they're 28-12 and on the year. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, obviously the star of that team. Uh, Donovan's averaging 24.2. Jordan Clarkson's averaging 15. That's yeah, not bad. Oh, that's, that's 46, no, 46% there. He's only at 34%. Yeah. 34% for a three pointer, which is yeah. certainly uh, acceptable. Uh, but the guy that's been like going crazy lately, I mean, look at he's shooting 43% from threes is freaking Joe. 
Oh, I mean, English? Yeah. Yeah. English is like, high go, day, yeah. shit, he's, he's going out of his mind knocking those three. 43% is like, that's crazy shooting, that, man. That is. That is. That's Seth Curry. That's you're approaching Seth Curry levels. That's This is the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. This is a no, great no, they're playing. Team. They're playing very, very well right now. The team that's that's kind of, I don't know, had a little bump in the road or something and kind of leveled off some is the, the Nuggets. So I don't know what's going on with them. It's going to be fun to see. It's it's, it it's a real battle for what's happening in the league, but uh, we'll we'll keep a close eye on it because you start looking at stuff in the standings. We still have the same situation in the West and the East. I mean, with two teams, actually now, yeah, it's two teams that are sub five hundred, uh, Orlando and Brooklyn. Fight uh-huh. that out, and then and then you drop all the way down seven more games to the ninth place team, you know, seven more games in the loss column with 28 losses. It's Charlotte. So <laughs> yes, we ever forget that there's no race there, but in the Western <laughs> conference, I mean, the Western conference, when you get, you know, Oklahoma city is there with, you know, and that's another team that's Amazing. really stepped up and done a nice job lately. And, uh, you know, so they're doing really well, but Memphis is 19 and 22 at number eight, but then you go 22 losses, 21 losses, and then 24, 24, 24, 25. I mean, so there's a lot of teams battling. That The battle for the eighth spot in the West is going to be something in the second half of the It'll season. be fun. It'll be so fun. anyway, everybody, I hope you have a great week. Uh, I got to run because uh, yeah, I, I need to go. I got to go. And uh, No, dude, you're, busy. you're a Hall of Famer. You, you know who I'm going to dinner? I'm to going to, you know, I'm going to dinner. You ever watch uh, Jeopardy? Of course. Yes. Okay, did you see the big? Comfort, the the tournament conference. they had this last week. Yeah, yeah. Which one are you going? Who are you having dinner well, with? Who do you think I'm having dinner? Not the, the winner. Jennings? Not Ken. Not Ken. No. Oh, not Ken and Jennings. Uh, I have no idea. Then who? No, second place finisher. I don't. I don't know who that is. You don't know who that is. Oh, it's dead air. If you keep asking me this, I have no idea. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, I did not watch this last week. No, I give up. Well, Ken, he was. A, he was like. He, he was amazing. I mean, all these guys are amazing. I feel stupid when I watch that show. Seriously. I'm hoping that when it happens, you know, I mean, when they do it, that, that I can get maybe one or two questions that I actually know, I actually know the answer to. Uh-huh. I mean, so uh, yeah, I, but I, I, I feel really bad when I can't do it. I'm actually going out to dinner with James Holzhauer. Oh, yeah. what, why? So, What's it? What's well, the, he does a lot of charity stuff. And one of the okay. business I'm in the ball of fame that I'm doing. And, you know, you can check that out and, and people should check out and go and, and, you know, have an opportunity to go and do that to uh, check out my, uh, the company there, ball of fame.net. So check that out. we got some great stuff there. We're going to have our licensing show that I'm here in Las Vegas to do with my partner or actually uh, partners are actually tiny Archibald and, uh, and Michael Dax. So uh, we'll be doing that. And then, uh, nice. Yeah, and then if anybody wants to do it, and I've had a lot of fun actually doing these. If I don't know if, how familiar you are uh, with Cameo, but I'm doing some stuff with Cameo as well, where you give video, you do video and stuff recordings for people yeah. for special presents and other things, and that's been kind of fun. So you can check me out with Cameo and uh, go it's to ballofame. Cameo.com, right? Yeah, it's Cameo. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's an interesting thing to do. It's always fun to do stuff and inter, interact with the fans. So uh, have a great week, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll chat with you next week. I'm sure yeah, we'll right, before, interesting things Before we go, before we wrap it up, again, it's Cameo.com if you want to get a personalized greeting from Rick Barry. Uh, great gift idea. Um, and I want to mention next week, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to be doing our podcast, a joint podcast with the folks at Warriors Huddle. Uh, Bram is their host, and uh, that should be fun. Hopefully, that happens. And thank you, Rick, as always. This is well. Oh, God bless everybody. Enjoy. Uh, hope the new year is off to a great start with you. And let's hope things uh, continue to get a little bit better for the Warriors, and they could find some players that will <laughs> fill in and help them out next year. And 
hey guys, Bob, Rick, all the guys there, let the guys rest. We don't need them back yes. on the court. Everybody's accepted what it is. Yes. We're going to look at it as a training season. So yeah, don't jeopardize what we have going because if everybody, if people soon forget because it happened a while back, we won a championship with the three guys you still have. So just add something else to the equation and we'll be just fine. But let's get those, <laughs> let's get those role players to fill in on the bench. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.